You're listening to Wordslinger Podcast episode 111, Getting Your Book Together with Rob Price. This episode of the Wordslinger Podcast is brought to you by draft to digital Convert your manuscript, distribute it online, and get support the whole way at DraftToDigital.com. It's the Word Slinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand, write your book, redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours? Now, here's the guy who invented pants optional, Kevin Tomlinson, the Word Slinger. Word Slinger. Hey everybody, this is Kevin Thompson, the word slinger. I am the guy who invented pants optional, believe it or not. <laughs> Don't believe it. Uh, but, you know, the patent is pending. Uh, so, thanks so much for tuning in again. I, I really appreciate you being here. Um, this has been an interesting time for the word slinger, uh, to be honest with you. So, we, as you may have learned last week, um, we have transitioned out of the RV full time. Now, we're just... We're doing things uh, part time, um, but we uh, we've moved into an apartment here in Pearland, Texas, which has been pretty cool. Uh, it's a great place, actually. It's um, it's uh, we're kind of on top of the uh, town center here, so there's shops and that sort of thing um, associated with our building. We're not specifically our apartment is not above uh, any shops, <clears throat> but they are a five minute walk at most away. So um, I slipped down to Barnes and Noble earlier and got some coffee and. Uh, Took care of a few things, and uh, that was kind of cool. So, that's <laughs> pretty cool. Um, other news in Wordslinger land, of course. Um, we've got, uh, well, really, everything is about unpacking right now. <laughs> unpacking and taxes. I actually uh, will be doing taxes. Uh, I put everything off because of all the moving and shifting and everything. Could have gotten it done a lot sooner, but uh, just it was just too much. So I'm going to uh, probably tackle that. Hopefully don't have to file any extensions. I hate taxes. <laughs> I know I'm completely alone in that, but uh, just take my word for it, folks. They're no good. Um, I love giving my money away to the government for no discernible reason. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I'm not going to get off on that topic, but um, this week I'm actually talking to somebody now, I, I introduced this uh, in the front of the interview, but I'm talking with Rob Price and uh, he's the founder and president of Gatekeeper Press and I met this gentleman and one of his uh, compatriots at the uh, San Francisco Writers Conference Um uh, that was a great conference. If you are in the Bay Area or you're able to get to the Bay Area the next time they have this thing, you should go. It's it's worth uh, the price of admission. There are a lot of experts there. It is starting to trend more towards indie publishing uh, in my from my perspective and from the conversations I had with a few folks. Uh, you can, uh, you can go there and meet some, some agents. Uh, you can actually pitch, you do pitch sessions. Uh, you can, uh, publishers, uh, there's all kinds of advantages to being there, but the biggest advantage of course is to just be able to connect with other authors and other people in the publishing industry and learn some things that you may not have known. Um, <clears throat> we enjoyed, uh, we being drafted digital, we enjoyed being there so much that, uh, we're definitely going to go back. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So you should check that out. Um, that's neither here nor there. That's a kind of a free plug for the San Francisco Writers Conference. So, uh, you know, there you go. <laughs> Maybe I'll get a check in the mail. Um, but the uh, the greatest thing for me has been 
so far. Um, I've gotten all these contacts there that I didn't have before. And uh, it's it's led to a slew of guests on the show, which I do mention in the interview. Um, so I'm not going to keep you from that. I don't have a ton of housekeeping uh, this week. I'll, I'll get to the major housekeeping stuff after the interview. Uh, I don't got a, a lot of news or anything uh, to announce. So, you know, kind of a slow week, I guess. <laughs> so... They happen. Uh, Anyway, without further ado then, let me introduce you to Rob Price and Gatekeeper Press. And stick around afterward for a little bit of wrap up. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in again. And uh, today I'm talking to yet another person I met at the San Francisco Writers Conference. Um, That conference has been a real wealth of guests for me actually. But I'm talking to Rob Price. He is the founder and president of Gatekeeper Press. Uh, And if you are uh, an author, especially if you're a new author kind of getting to this, these guys offer some services you're going to be very excited about. Uh, A couple in particular I can't wait to talk about. But Rob, thank you for being on the show, man. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. I appreciate it. No problem at all. And uh, I was glad to meet you guys at the uh, at the conference. Um, you were you were a joy to meet at the conference. Well, <laughs> well likewise, likewise. Always good to meet good to meet good people. And, and uh, it's a good time. Yeah. And now you've got um, you guys have set up something. Now, uh, we'll talk. I want to talk a little about the company itself first. So uh, tell tell me first what Gatekeeper Press is and how you uh, how you help authors. So Gatekeeper Press is uh, a publishing service provider and distribution aggregator. And what we do is we offer a suite of services ranging from editorial to production and design to distribution. And uh, we charge an upfront fee for the services we offer. And on the back end, the author retains 100% of their rights, 100% control over their uh, manuscript and book. And earns 100% of their proceeds. Okay. So for an upfront fee, they, they we create their book, and all of our services are a la carte. And we walk the author through everything. Uh, and then in exchange for those upfront fees, they retain 100% of their proceeds. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all right. Then uh, all, your model is you make all the money up front, but you, you provide a, a wealth of services. I mean, I'm looking at the... Um, the how it works menu on your site and you've got quite a few mm-hmm. services beyond just distribution so you guys uh, one of the things i'm kind of excited about frankly is uh your ability to produce hardcover uh which is something that's mm-hmm. sort of eluded a lot of indie authors is that uh, you guys do that through a, a partner we do we work with a variety of printers and uh for different types of books that we'll do, and for hardcover, we have we work with a couple different printers, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we make uh, we'll do the design, the, everything from cover design, interior design, and then uh, print and distribute hardcover books through all virtually all uh, retail outlets. Okay, and the distribution mm-hmm. is uh, does that include like you know brick and mortar stores, or is it uh, mostly just ebook or uh, e retailers? We do both. So by default, we make a hardcover edition or paperback available for sale uh, virtually with all online retailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do also have, and we, we discussed this with the author, one of the things that we distinguishes us is that we really like to give a great experience with the author and great service. Yeah. And not to try to sell them something that they, they might not want. So what we would do is uh, if an author wants to get access to a brick-and-mortar bookstore distribution, 
we let them know that that would then require uh, we would need to offer a, a greater discount to the to those brick and mortar stores. Yeah. To uh, up to about a fifty five percent discount, um, and we can make that, and we have to make the book returnable as well. Yeah. Um, so we have the ability to do that. The book would then become available to the brick and mortar sellers. We do not actively sell into those stores, so we don't have reps that go to Barnes and Noble Purchasing Manager and set that sale up. We make it available. The onus would then fall to the author and his or her marketing efforts and sales efforts to get into those stores. But we do have a number of authors who are there. But we like to tell the author that uh, unless you're really sure that that's going to be something that's going to happen, you might want to consider sticking with the lower discount uh, because you'll make money on your online sales that way. And, it, and I could get into that more uh, if you like, but it, sure, it gets a little yeah. convoluted. No, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, yeah, it, it sounds like, I mean, uh, okay, yeah, let me under, let me see, make sure I understand the gist of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, sure. we would, as an author, I would pay you for, I could pay you for design, which mm-hmm. is part, could be part of the package. Um, that's good to know. And then, the, then there is a distribution uh, mm-hmm. uh, package, or it's part of the package, or it can be on its own, right? And then that goes, right. you can, you make it available, sort of. Uh, make it available through catalog or whatever to any bookstores at that point. So, what about Correct. the um, the buyback? Like, if if a bookstore orders, you know, ten copies, uh, mm-hmm. is the author on the hook for those if they are returned? The author would be on the hook for those, okay. uh, as as all publishers are in right. in our industry. Right. Uh, the, the 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 returns that we all dislike so much. But yes, yeah, so if <laughs> yeah. a bookstore ordered. 10 copies and then ultimately returned them, uh, we would actually have paid out the author the royalties they had earned, the, the sales, the proceeds they'd earned on those 10 sales. But then if and when those books get returned, then it would uh, the author would have to uh, still be responsible for the printing cost of those books and yeah. have to, so it would, it would uh, work in that way. Yeah. This is the thing that always makes it difficult um, when you start thinking about paperback and, and hardback in, in brick and mortar stores. Um, it's you know it's kind of the dream of everybody to walk into a bookstore, especially mm-hmm. say Barnes and Noble, uh, and see your book sitting there. But then the the harsh realities <laughs> kind of hit home because you know mm-hmm. God forbid mm-hmm. a few hundred bookstores order your books and a bunch of them get returned. Man, that's that's a hardship. So uh, it sure absolutely yeah. Being on the other uh, side of, of book publishing, so now I'm running Gatekeeper Press, uh, which as we talked about is working with a lot of self published authors and small yeah. traditional publishers. But I actually got my start as, as a small traditional publisher uh, with a company called Price World Publishing that still exists. Uh, we put out just a few books a year. But um, it, through that, you know, I've, I've I've experienced that a lot, getting getting a lot of returns, and it's yeah. it's never a fun never a fun thing. But yeah. you're you're absolutely right about all that. Yeah. So it would, it would almost be better, and I don't know if this is an option for authors with you guys, but um, if the author is able to pre-purchase a a, a wealth of these books and then. Uh, just yeah, would they be able to distribute them through you to the uh, bookstores? Uh, well, uh, we don't operate like that, so okay. we do all of okay. our printing uh, on demand. Okay. How, however, what we do, in, and a lot of our authors have chosen to do this, is that we can print copies for our authors at any time and in any quantity too, so they can go as few as one copy. Yeah. But so some of our authors will want to stock up, uh, purchase a few dozen or more books, sometimes 100 or 200 copies, 
And then they can then go do what they please with them. So they can yeah. go solicit stores for consignment sales or even uh, arrangements with small mom and pop shops. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of flexibility there. As far as when a bookstore, brick and mortar store, puts an order through us, uh, we we do that in the same way we fulfill any of our other sales, uh, which is just print on demand. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. You can see, I mean, uh, this is a uh, big interest topic for most of the authors I know. And I, I do know mm-hmm. a few hundred thousand who uh, <laughs> who would probably be mm-hmm. very excited about uh, just the prospect of being able to have their book in, in hardcover. I know you can do this through various services, but it always seems like such a pain. Like I, you know, my buddy Nick Thacker, he does every book he releases. He has a hardbound version created. He does his layout. He does everything. And to me, it's always been a real hassle to do that. So I never bothered. So. Maybe I'll pay you guys and just do it. <laughs> well, yeah, well, let us know. I mean, that, that's exactly what we do. And so because we offer our services a la carte, if yeah. an author comes to us with if, – if they need us to do their editing or proofreading, we do that. If yeah. they need a cover design, we do that. If they don't need any of these things, that's fine too. So if someone comes to us with a completed or edited manuscript or what they feel is uh, edited enough, we then would do that design for them. Yeah. Uh, with you know they're they're involved in that process the whole way through and they approve it and then we can just do the the distribution so it it, it it's what we do every single day yeah. uh, so sometimes it, you know some sometimes it's better to to hire the people who who do it all the time it's true yeah it's uh, mm-hmm. it's easier I, I've said this a lot but and particularly lately it seems but you know there there are two trade offs I mean there's there's money and there's time and money mm-hmm. is the shortcut for time time is more valuable to an author than money uh, whether they will agree or not but you need right. time to write the books you need time to market you need to you know time to spend with family and so it's worth paying somebody uh if you can right. so. you, you guys it, handle pretty much all of it though i mean i'm looking at your your list of services i mean you go soup to nuts i mean you're you're mm-hmm. you know uh, short of marketing you guys don't do any marketing that's right so and you're right we even use that term soup to nuts sometimes uh but yeah <laughs> so, so we we do offer uh all services in that an author could need with the, you're right with the exception of selling marketing services yeah. there are a number of reasons for that it's it's a difficult uh, area to sell somebody something when you and it's hard to guarantee results and and in in this industry that's where we find a lot of the uh, most bad actors out there too yeah. that are selling they're selling for lots of money and don't produce any results but what we do with our authors on that front is we do have places we'll we'll send them or for them to places that we trust and places that we do not have any sort of financial arrangement with we're not doing that to make a small commission off of somebody instead it's we we get value in sending our authors to places that we know do a good job oh, okay. uh, but uh yeah so we we offer every other service uh the, perhaps the one other service we're not currently doing that is asked about sometimes is audiobooks yeah. but we're actually in the works right now talking with uh some companies that supply that service to, to be able to offer that to our authors at, at a really affordable price as well. That cool. might be yeah. that still might be months down the road, but uh, we're we're always looking to to do some more things. Yeah, um, yeah. Just you know, just to put it out there, I mean, you guys have some slight overlap with Draft to Digital, of course. Um, I have to bring them up. I'm like contractually obligated as their director of marketing. I think I I, I obligated myself, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I like I like the fact that you guys go into print. I like that stuff uh, quite a bit. And uh, so you're saying you have some like 
retail partners or something they use for our, uh, I guess, strategic partners for, you know, passing off things like marketing and that sort of thing? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. We, yep. And, uh, depending on what the author's looking for, we, we really want to give them a great service. And so we'll send them places and we'll introduce them to people, um, to make sure they're not getting yeah. ripped off. In it. Yeah. See, I can see, I could definitely see, and you know, you, you and I have discussed this and we'll discuss it further, uh, offline mm-hmm. before, but I could definitely see some real good, solid crossover, uh, for draft digital authors to be able to kind of extend what they're uh, making available out there. Plus, the your your price for cover design is actually pretty decent. And I haven't yeah. seen any covers. I, I don't know which covers you've designed. You guys have designed, but uh, I like the price. It's it's good to have a solid you know one price to pay. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and and that's you know we looked around uh, informing this company at what some other other players in the industry are doing. Yeah, and we decided to just offer one price that is very affordable. And with that price, what we do on the cover side of things is uh, we have the author submit uh, any direction they may have or any images that they may have. Uh, And even if they don't have any images or direction, we then will work based off of their book's description. Right. Um, But so what we do is we will create at least three separate designs for them based off of the direction that they provide. Mm. Uh, I say at least sometimes my cover designer will go on a tangent and take it off into a few more but we right. get at least three which is always nice but yeah. uh we do we do three at least three mock-ups we mm-hmm. send that to the author for their review and then we include two rounds of revisions with that price of 2.99 okay and uh what i always tell the authors too because i i started myself as a self-published writer and i know how scary it is and that's one of the things we, we yeah. why we hold the hand so much but uh so i always tell the authors that we're not trying to make Money. We're not trying to nickel and dime you with the after you've done two sets of revisions. Yeah. Where we, we will begin charging a twenty-five dollar fee per batch of revisions. But what I say is, if we're not doing what, if we're just not getting what you want, don't worry about it. We're going to keep working until we do. Right. Uh, we really include that that sort of fee there to keep some of those authors who would just never stop. Yeah. And and. But uh, so yeah, so we work until we work until the author pretty much is is very happy. And yeah. our cover, our cover design is is is, is top notch. I like that. I like that. Where can I find sample covers, man? Well, on our website, we have a few right now. Okay. Uh, by the time this uh, interview goes out, uh, we should have uh, a lot more on there to to showcase what we can do. Okay. Is it the? Uh, I'm seeing some in your your banner. Uh, yeah. One of that, which is a rippling have. man. You you guys took <sighs> one of my photos and put right, on the right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that was a fitness. We uh, that that's a, one of our fitness titles. But um, if you go to our testimonials page too, uh, we have a number of our covers listed there. That's cool. Um, and we intend on putting more on there because we we really want to showcase what we do. We do all types, all genres, uh, fiction, nonfiction, business books, memoirs. Um, so we 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 do a lot of work. That's so. cool. Yeah, this is uh, another area where authors have. Um, a lot of trouble, um, you know, for various reasons and, and financially it can be kind of a burden, uh, on some authors. So it's good. I think what you guys offer is a pretty decent price. Um, sure. and, uh, for those listening, by the way, we'll have a nice little, uh, bonus. Uh, I don't think you can include a cover design in that, but th- there's some nice little things you might be able to, uh, 
to hop in on for free to try these guys out, which is always oh. fun. So, yeah, uh, you know what? I, 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 we will do a, a cover for free. I think I, I did include that, but then I might have caused some confusion oh. later. Oh, uh, but yeah, yeah we, we, we're happy to do a cover for free. Um, okay. And, and one other thing too, Kevin, that you've you said about uh, what's beneficial to authors, you know, having a professional do it and taking saving them the time. It's not only that, but it's peace of mind to yeah. know that you're getting something done professionally and according to book industry standards and best practices. And then um, it, not just the peace of mind, but then uh, actually having something that looks good. Because yeah. the biggest mistake a lot of self-published authors will do is not do that extra step and make it look professional. And, and readers can see uh, whether it's an unedited manuscript or a homemade cover mm-hmm. or interior, it, it, it can show. And those are the sorts of things that, you know, it's sad to see when an author puts so much time and a writer so much time into their manuscript their, and their art. And then, you know, people judge a book by its cover, right? Right. And, and they really do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And it's, it, it is kind of nice to, to have, I mean, since you guys, uh, you at least, I think, think you have other members of your team that you guys have actually worked in the publishing world. So it's, it is also equally good to be able to reach out to people who are, you know, who know what a professional cover looks like, who know what a professionally laid out manuscript is supposed to look like and, right, you know, right. get a help with that. That's, that's great. Yeah. 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 Our team, most of our team has been around, has been together for more than a decade. Uh, Gatekeeper press as it exists, it came, we launched two years ago, yeah. but uh, I was referring to my traditional publishing company before. That company's been around for 15 years, and it's really all the same back-end infrastructure that we do. Yeah. We just changed the business model. So instead of yeah. a traditional publisher where the publisher takes on the cost, we're just charging a service for these fees. Um, and so, and you're exactly right. And, and one thing, too, that I probably should have mentioned at the top of the interview is that... Uh, when an author works with us, we assign them what we call an author manager. So it's it's one person that walk that goes through the whole process with them, one okay. point of contact. And I I actually do that for a lot of the authors now uh, as well uh, personally. And so we walk them, we we really take them through from start to finish and make sure that nothing nothing's left out. Oh, that's great. See, mm-hmm. and and that right there is is worth. Just about any cost, honestly, because especially for brand new, you know, just mm-hmm. coming into the industry, um, so many authors. And I've noticed lately, I was having this discussion with somebody uh, today, actually. Um, I have a tendency to forget that not everyone knows the stuff I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, w- one thing, you know, one consequence of that is, you know, I've written a few like basic 101 type uh, blog posts lately that have just blown up because people didn't know, you know, mm-hmm. certain aspects of the industry. And um, so it, it just, I forget. And I think a lot of us forget that someone coming into this, even someone who's maybe put out a couple of books already may not mm-hmm. realize um, some of the ins and outs and could use that kind of guidance. So that's good. to hear. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're completely right because this is, these are the people we work with every single day. Yeah. Uh, and they, it's, it's a daunting, scary world sometimes for a lot of people, even those, like you say, who have been published before. Right. Uh, because there's just, there's so many options and you want to make sure you're doing things the right way. And a lot of people, uh, understandably are nervous and it's with their, you know, their project they've worked so hard on. Yeah. And so, and it's, and even though our prices are affordable, they still, it's still not nominal. 
And so they're putting right. you're putting money and time and into this, and it's it can be scary. Uh, and, and yeah, and we've even worked with uh, authors who've come to us from the traditional world, from places like Random House and other places, but but they've never done it self-publishing. Right. So they have no idea what goes into the cover design or the, the layout process. So right, right. Uh, but so we take a lot of pride in. Uh, making sure that the author feels very comfortable and we, we very much assure that everything will uh, be done correctly for them. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good. I, I like, I, I'm a big fan of advocates for the authors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and you know what, you're, you're right too about the, the, the value of that. We, we probably should, should charge more, but uh, we, <laughs> no, don't, I, say I did that not say we, that. I did not say no, that. No, I'm saying that. <laughs> but uh, because we do, it's unlimited consult, unlimited consultation at any time. Yeah. Uh, phone, email, and if uh, the author has questions about things like marketing that we don't directly offer or anything else in book publishing, we're we're here to help as right. best we can. Right. Um, I was going to say actually in regard to price. I mean, what what I like is it, it is um, for some authors. It, you know. Well, you can never please everybody, right? I and mean, you can never quite reach uh, every demographic. But I mean, some authors, the your prices are probably going to be a little out of their reach. Um, but I would encourage almost every author because I think they're reasonable. Like, it, we're talking like in the the three hundred to four hundred dollar range for most of what you offer, uh, right? From what I'm seeing, and you know, I would encourage almost every author to do that, mostly because there is something to be said for investing financially in your own business, which most authors, Mm -hmm. you know, have to come to that realization at some point. And I think this is perfectly attainable for everything you offer balanced with the benefits uh, that come with it. I I actually think it's pretty good. So, and that's me speaking as somebody who mostly everything I do is about giving authors something for free. Um, So I, uh, I, but I still think that that's a worthy, a worthy investment. Um, yeah. yeah, I wanted to ask you, like, what? So, where does the gatekeeper and gatekeeper press come from? <laughs> so if that's the, a bad word in my world. That's why I ask. <laughs> oh, gatekeeper. Well, that, no, I, I think I know why. I'm going to guess I know why, and it relates to why we chose the name. Right. Um, so, for decades or centuries, perhaps uh, there have been gatekeepers in the publishing world. Yeah. Side, you get published. You do not get published, uh, and and it's been a very difficult, uh, a difficult thing throughout history to bring your book to market. Right. Uh, so with uh, the new technologies that exist, things like print on demand and eBooks and everything else, we the idea of Gatekeeper Press is that we are opening these gates to the okay. book publishing world to anyone and everyone who wants to join and be on the same platform and have the same quality or better. Uh, and the same distribution channels as, as anyone who's published traditional. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's where it comes from. Is that, was I right? Is that where, why it has a negative, negative yeah, connotation? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. you know, we, we have enough gate, actual gatekeepers between us right. and, and what we're trying to do. And, uh, I'm glad to see people out there, you know, sort of looking and, and understanding that too. Because I, yeah. I have talked to a lot of people who own small presses or, you know, uh, in publishing imprints who um, really effectively are just trying to, to mimic the model of the, of the big five, you know? Right. Um, which is 
you know, one of the reasons that indie publishing, I think, has taken off is that we get so much control over what we do. And, you know, we can be told a hundred times your book sucks, um, but a hundred more times someone will pay for it. So it's, it's right. You know, it's kind of liberating. <laughs> right. So. Validation can come from, from sales that occur. Right. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we, we've worked with authors who, uh, who, who see it both ways. So we work with some authors who have done so well that they then get solicited by a traditional publisher. Yeah. And we've had uh, authors go ahead and take that option and go with them. Okay. Uh, all of the distribution we do is non-exclusive and we, we sort of do it at the author's pleasure. So if they say at any reason for any time, please remove me from sale. We do. Right. Uh, but we've also had, uh, it, 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 some authors who've been solicited by traditional publishers and who have turned it down because they were doing so well and making so much money on, uh, retaining 100% of their sales versus if they were to go to a traditional publisher, right. give up, not. Uh, that uh, no, I'm gonna keep doing this. So it depends on on each person. But the self-publishing world now has the ability authors to have the ability to to compete and exceed. Yeah. yeah. So compared to traditional. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I, I, you bring up a very interesting uh, uh, concept, by the way. That and this has happened. I've I've actually witnessed this happen with a few authors, uh, indie authors. But the concept of being picked up for a traditional contract is there some advantage mm-hmm. uh, in being in your distribution network that that might aid an author who has that as a goal? It may. Yeah, I think that if if an author comes to us and they've they've chopped around their manuscript, they have not had success, uh-huh. but then they go through us and and find that it, they're doing so well. That that uh, they could get noticed that way by yeah. by a traditional publisher, or they could use that sales history to further sell their their book. Yeah. And so now there is some some traditional publishers might take issue if a book has already been released, but right. some do not, and so it depends. And uh, and a lot of the writers we work with are are, are somewhat prolific, and they write more than one book. So uh, you know, if your first book you do sell, then your second one. You've now generated interest. You could you could get picked up that way. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we. Mm-hmm. I do think, by the way, that uh, the the trend for indie authors is to be prolific. Um, yeah. I, I know a lot of traditional authors as well, and they tend to do one book. Like, you know, some do one book and that's it. Uh, some do one book and then four years later a, a second book. You know, and so right. I think that uh, on the indie side, really, if I were. I, I'm going to confess, I've never worked with traditional publishers. Um, uh, I had a contract with a traditional publisher for a time, but I've never like worked in Mm -hmm. that part of the industry. Um, so maybe there's reasons for this, but if I were sitting on, you know, uh, I don't know if I were at random house, for example, I'd be watching indie authors very closely (laughs) because, you know, if you want a wealth of books to bring in that, you know, you come usually come along with a platform like you know a bunch right. of readers who already want the work and a distribution or not distribution but a, a marketing and promotional uh, network that already exists i mean mm-hmm. i think you'd be crazy to not pay attention to the indie publishing world but i yeah no, i know i completely agree with you and uh, you you took the word right out of my mouth is the platform yeah because even the, the largest traditional houses are more and more pushing off the burden of 
promotion, publicity, marketing to yeah. the author themselves. So they so they want to work with people who can do that right. or have that that platform. Yeah. So uh, for better or worse, that's that's what they're doing. Yeah, it's interesting to know that I, I'm not actually seeing that um, as a trend. I mean, I, I would have expected, especially with the success of guys like Hugh Howie and Andy Weir and, you know, the, the big megas who have um, essentially crossed the boundaries between indie and, and mm -hmm. mainstream. Like, right. why am I not seeing a few thousand of these folks being inducted into the uh, traditional world but maybe that's for everyone's benefit who knows uh <laughs> yeah i think it will go in that direction yeah uh slowly but surely perhaps but uh i, I really think a hybrid model is on its way like i think yeah. we're already kind of seeing it with uh i was talking with a few agents at uh that that conference and uh mm -hmm. you know this idea of um we have a an encouragement to be hybrid. You know, if you get a traditional contract, you can market your work better if you're also publishing a few novellas um, around that universe. And you just it, it, where it not, might not be profitable for one of the big five to publish a bunch of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, the overhead might not be worth their time. You going out and doing it to promote this other big book that you have. I mean, that that right. makes a lot of sense. So. I think Absolutely. we'll see that. I think that's growing. Uh, mm -hmm. Where do you where you guys see yourselves in in what role do you see yourselves playing in in that sort of thing? Well, on the sort of traditional to self publishing spectrum with hybrid everywhere in between. Yeah. Um, Gatekeeper, we are to the self publishing side. Uh, so we like I I've said that the author will pay for the services and then they retain one hundred percent of the proceeds. Whereas, you know, something in purely hybrid would be publisher and author sharing costs, sharing control, sharing responsibility. Right. Uh, but I do see, like you, that hybrid seems to be getting more and more uh, pronounced and ubiquitous everywhere. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I, I think it's not going to be long before we start seeing so something's going to evolve. I don't know who's going to get there first, but something's going to come out of what, mm -hmm. you know this jumble of things that's happening um so you guys are uh you're in portland right no no uh nope. we are in columbus ohio oh okay columbus ohio yeah well that's close no it's it's in no way close <laughs> it's, that's, it's a few thousand miles away columbus ohio what uh so why why columbus so i uh actually was uh i started as a self-published writer okay. i it did that when I was in college, but I didn't know that I was going to make a living out of book publishing. Uh -huh. So I went from college to law school at the Ohio State University. Yeah. And uh, so I technically am an attorney. I don't practice. Uh, I know so many technical attorneys right, <laughs> who are right. self-publishing. <laughs> yeah, luck. yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so I went to Ohio State in Columbus. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. And... Uh, surprisingly perhaps to some of your listeners, but maybe not. I, I really enjoy the city. And so I, I've been here. I, I had a short stint in Chicago for a few years, uh, but I'm, I have made Columbus my home. Okay. That, there's, uh, I've never actually been to Columbus, Ohio, so I'm going to have to get out your way at some point. Um, yeah. I like it a lot. Tour your, uh, tour your place there, man. We'll hang out. Absolutely. Sounds uh, good. That's cool. No, I, you know, and, uh, I mean, here's, here's what's interesting about that to me. Cause you guys, okay. So you're in, you're in Columbus, Ohio. Draft to digital is in Oklahoma city, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. 
uh, I'm kind of fluttering it, you know, all over the place. Uh, but I'm starting to notice that um, publishing is becoming somewhat decentralized. You know, yeah. whereas it used to be, you know, you had to be in Manhattan to really make a, a dent or, you know, some somewhere like that. Uh, right. Now you're starting to see Columbus, Ohio pop up. You're starting to see right. <laughs> maybe sure. uh, Colorado Springs, that sort of thing. Right. So that's really interesting. That's very interesting. Well, yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, the same trend just in most other industries where, you know, the, the beauty of the Internet is you can have clients or people you work with all over the world. Yeah. And so I'm sure I'm sure draft to digital does it a lot. You probably have people from everywhere. Yeah. Um, and so and same with us and, and and even some of our the people who work for Gatekeeper, we've got the editor in Florida and a cover designer in California. So we we're really all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, that's and uh, what's great about that is it's it's possible now to dip into a talent pool that you would not have had access to before mm-hmm. so that, right. you know, what you've created doesn't have to be, you know, I have to settle for the, the guy who lives next door to me who does cover design, even though he's not that great because he's next door, you know? Right. So you, right. you actually get to expand. I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's been like, a business. Like, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and likewise, you don't have to rent out two floors of a Manhattan skyscraper True. And, uh, and then have to make back that overhead by ch- increasing your prices. So right. uh, it, it lo- allows uh, for lower overhead, more efficiency, which keeps costs down. And that's what uh, you know we're trying to do is give a great experience. Yeah, and you pass that for, on to the author. Right, yeah. exactly. That's very cool. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we're we're kind of at time, so I want to. I don't want to soak up too much of your time, um, mm-hmm. but I appreciate you being on, man. And uh, I'm I'm definitely going to send people your way. Now, they, where can they find you guys online? Our website is gatekeeperpress.com. Okay. And, and uh, yep. No Twitter handle, man. Come on. You know. Well, <laughs> we'll we'll be there. We yeah we uh. We're, we're too busy publishing books. And no, I hear you. <laughs> no, and here's here's what I found out yesterday. Actually, this this was we use Slack at uh, Draft Digital, and uh, um, I think Dan Wood actually posted something about this yesterday. That there's a trend now they're discovering, um, or research is showing that authors uh, tend to gravitate toward Facebook more than Twitter now. Yeah, which I find interesting. So, uh, yeah. no problem, man. I just it always shocks me when people don't have a Twitter handle. That's all. Well, th- yeah, that will come <laughs> soon. You, you met my colleague in San Francisco, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony, who will be taking up all of our social media shortly, and 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 I'm sure Twitter will be top of his list. So, all right. well, look, if uh, he has quite, we'll you know, anything he needs a hand with, let me let me know. I've kind of had to do that for for Draft Digital too, so I can help okay. out. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll hold you. All right. You do it. Hold me to it, man. I'm I'm, no, I'm <laughs> nothing if I don't stick to my word. So that's true. Uh, and anything that helps authors, even if indirectly, I, I'm all on board. So it sounds like you guys uh, do quite a bit to help authors. I'm 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 uh, very impressed with what you guys are doing. I uh, I know um, it. Some, there is some overlap in the ebook distribution, but I think uh, you guys are gr- a great fit with Draft Digital, actually. So. I think so too. And as far as overlap goes, again, in keeping with uh, trying to have our give our authors the best information and best advice, uh, if someone would be better served going to Draft or Digital on the for the ebook side than than with us, we would we yeah. would tell them that. Yeah. You know, again, we're not trying to 
take advantage of people, unlike so many other people oh, yeah. in this industry. Yeah, there's so, so, so many uh, predators yeah. out there. <laughs> right. So I completely agree with you on on uh, the sort of uh, what's the word a complimentary yeah arrangement or something with the draft digital and gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You heard it here, mm-hmm. folks. Oh, unofficially on the air. Thank All right. Well, okay, uh, I'm gonna, we're, we're going to wrap up. Uh, everybody listening, stick around. You're going to be able to hear a quick wrap-up, probably some uh, housekeeping of, uh, for the show. Um, you never know what you're going to hear. And uh, thank you, Rob, for being on, man. I, I, I am, of course, I am impressed with uh, what you guys have built. And, uh, you know, I've already kind of recommended you a couple of times, but now that I've gotten a chance to talk to you, I'm going to start sending some more folks your way because I, I know That's a lot great. of people who could use uh, especially on the print and uh, hardback side. So uh, thanks sure. so much for being on, man. Well, thank you so much for having me, Kevin. I, I, it's been a great time. You got it. Everybody else hang out. We'll, ch- we'll chat soon. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rob Price uh, and Gatekeeper Press, or from Gatekeeper Press. Um, I really enjoyed meeting Rob, and he's a good guy. I, uh, I you know, and uh, his partner there was uh, was uh, fun to chat with as well. Um, it's great. One of the things about going to these conferences, um, now going as a representative of Draft Digital has its perks, I will admit. Uh, but even just attending as an author, uh, I've had some really great experiences at conferences like these. Uh, in particular, just getting to hang out with people who, um, you know, who get what I'm going through, you know, who understand the, the sorts of things that I'm dealing with as an author, um, as in terms of marketing, in terms of you know, uh, craft, uh, you know, just the, everything that involves the career of the indie author, (laughs) you can usually meet somebody who's pretty keen on, uh, on talking to you about it. Um, at any rate, my advice is if you, uh, if you have the opportunity, definitely go and attend these conferences, meet people, uh, and go there with the idea that you are just kind of communicating with folks. Don't, don't go there with an agenda, you know, help me get my book published or, or whatever. It's much. It's much better to just go and experience it and uh, make some natural contacts. Anyway, I know that wasn't the point of this episode, but I, I felt like throwing it in there <laughs> at the end. Um, at any rate, so our housekeeping. This is the housekeeping seg- segment of the show. At least I try to make this the housekeeping segment. Uh, if you would like to help support the Word Singer Podcast, there's a couple ways to do that. Of course, you can do it financially by going to uh, wordslingerpodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon button. And Patreon allows you to, um, well, to be a patron, to make a, a small donation, and you can make it a recurring donation that uh, that of any amount you like, a buck if you want. Uh, but it's very helpful to me uh, to help pay for some of the overhead of the show. Um, and I use that money uh, if I'm going to expand on the show in some way, uh, you know, buy a new resource or whatever. That's I try to keep everything in the budget uh, of that income. I don't get a ton from it, but I do appreciate uh, the people who are contributing. Uh, you're a real blessing to me, actually. I, <laughs> it helps me every time the every time the little payment notification comes in. I have to smile because it, it means you know. There are people out there that listen and care and want to see the show continue. Um, it does help with, you know, bringing in new listeners. Uh, the whole point of the Wordslinger podcast, of course, is to provide stories to you that you will find helpful in your daily life and your career. So uh, little monetary contributions do help with that. Uh, they help me to reach out to other listeners, other people. Um, 
Hold on, I'm going to pause just a second, clear my throat. There you go. I'd be better now. Um, I was kind of getting a little raspy there. See, warts and all, folks. That's what you get with the Wordslinger podcast. I bring it. I bring you authenticity. Um, so at any rate, that's one way you can support the show financially. But you can support the show as well by going onto iTunes and leaving a review. That helps a lot, actually. It helps other people to discover the show a little easier. Uh, but go on, go on iTunes and search for Wordslinger podcast. You can do this on any of the services you might use to listen, by the way. doesn't have to be iTunes, although iTunes helps me the most. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, if you'll go on iTunes and search for Wordslinger Podcast and then follow the directions to uh, leave a review, rate and rank the show, write a nice review, tell me what you like about the show. You know, uh, Let other people know the value that you find in it, and uh, they, may, they may like that and want that same value. So that helps a great deal. Now, you can also help me. Uh, and this one's a little different, but if you have questions that I can answer, either I or my guests, uh, I will pass questions along to guests. Uh, and I, I may even try, one of the things I thought about trying was, um, if someone has a question for a guest, I might actually try to contact that guest for a brief Q and a, uh, you know, something I can play on the show. I haven't done this yet, but I think it would be kind of cool. Um, so if you have a question for a former guest, let me know. Sometimes I can track them down. Sometimes I can't, but, uh, you know, it happens. <laughs> people people move on. Uh, some people leave their careers. There's all kinds of reasons why. But uh, I will always try to reach out to these folks. Um, but you can also call and leave a question at 281-809-WORD. That's 281-809-9673. Leave me a voicemail. Uh, you can leave a voicemail from the wordslingerpodcast.com site. Right there on the homepage is a little button. Floats on the right-hand side. It's a little tab that says send voicemail. I've had some lovely voicemails, actually. I've had some some folks who've just left very encouraging words, which I do appreciate. Uh, often they will have questions, which I will answer on air. Um, if you don't want something played or if you don't want an email read or a review read or something like that, uh, just let me know. Uh, I tend to, I tend to bring all that stuff to my audience when it comes up because I'm, uh, well, celebrating a little victories. <laughs> I'm proud of it. Um, <clears throat> but those are some ways you can help support the word singer podcast and tell your friends, uh, tell people about it, spread it around on social media. That'll help a lot actually. Um, Send links to episodes and uh, tell people, you know, I love listening to the show because, or I hate listening to the show because <laughs> if you can't stand the Wordslinger podcast, I do understand. Sometimes I don't, you know, click with just everybody. <laughs> I hope we don't have that kind of relationship. I, I, I do a lot. Uh, I do. I work very hard and do a great deal to make sure that what I'm providing is, uh, is valuable. And it is wonderful to me to hear people, um, chime in and say that how much they appreciate something so anyway uh gonna move on from that my voice is starting to give i think i'm having a, a raspy friday uh kind of voice i'm running behind on everything it's nearly noon now usually i have the episode buttoned up and uh and already uploaded by now so it's been a little uh a little uh difficult with all the moving and everything and i've had some work uh additional workload got conference season coming up it's gonna be crazy speaking of conferences um this this month i will be and i'm gonna pull up my calendar so i can give you the exact date i will be in austin texas uh that's actually not far from me i mean i'm already in texas but um 
I will be in Austin for the Smarter Artist Summit. And that is running, uh, I believe, the 26th through the 28th. Um, I'm at least there during that time. Actually, I'm going to be there uh, from the 25th through the 29th, I believe. Let me check that. I did. There we are. <clears throat> I will be uh, I will be there from the 25th to the 29th. So the conference is the 26th and 27th. And um, if you're going to that, please you know say hello. Look me up. I, I'd love to chat with you. Um, it's great to meet people in person. I've 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 got a lot of friends now uh, that I met at the last couple of conferences there. So, uh, it's, it is a wonderful summit for me and I go, it's only been running for like three years and I've gone every year. So really excited about being there this time around. I'm going to be representing drafted digital, uh, for the first time. Uh, I'll be there with Dan Wood, who is also, uh, he's a compatriot of mine from drafted digital and he was there last year as well. So this is a great one to attend. If you're not already in, I think there may still be slots, um, you might want to check it out. Uh, just search for Smarter Artist Summit online. You'll find it. If you are not going, but you happen to be in the Austin area, I'm going to be there for a couple of days after the conference. I've, I'm taking the RV, and uh, I'm going to hang out and uh, just, just kind of chill in, in Austin for a day or two. Uh, get some writing done, uh, see some sights, just make a kind of mini vacation out of it. I still got work to do, so I'm... <laughs> I'll be working at least on Friday. I'll be working. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, but the weekend, you know, it's all ours, baby. Uh, I'm gonna try to get my wife up there, but she's she's actually traveling for work herself right now. Go figure. And we're not traveling the same. It's it's it, what's funny is normally we would try to coordinate things so we were traveling in the same places at the same time. Uh, but it just so happens that over the next few months, we're actually going to be in, in wildly different places, <laughs> both traveling for work. So whatever. Um, anyway, thanks so much for tuning in again. I'm sorry. I'm running on, I'm rambling on a little here at the end. Uh, I appreciate your support. I, I cannot thank you enough for the kind words and the emails and voicemails that come through. I really do appreciate that. I, I, uh, I hope you have a very blessed weekend. This is I'm talking to you on Good Friday, actually. Uh, we're we're going into the Easter weekend. Um, as many of you know, I, I am a Christian. I have a I'm, I'm part of the Christian faith, and this is a very special time of year for me and for those that I love. Um, but I want to extend that blessing to each of you. So God bless each of you in this coming holiday. Um, the meaning of this, I will be happy to talk to you about at length if you ever want to reach out. And uh, I just hope you have a safe and healthy weekend and a happy weekend with your family. So God bless each of you, and I will see you next time. Wordslinger.